With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Arranca Casemiro. Se la tiene que dejar a Cross, que vino hacia atrás con Barane. Lo persigue a toda velocidad Méndez. Taca de primera Casemiro para Cross. Abrió la cancha por la ubicación de Lucas Vázquez. Lo tiene en la corta Asensio. Le metieron para Hazard que lo habilitó de Taco Benzema. Le pegó. Hello and welcome to your weekend edition of the Managing Madrid Podcast. It is Saturday, January 23rd. This is your host, Keon Sabani. We are recording this immediately after the final whistle uh, where Real Madrid went 4-1 at Menti Sorosa against Alaves. And uh, usually when we record right at the final whistle, not like a couple of hours after, it's more of a raw reaction. We don't really have time to go back and watch film and go through that much stuff. So it's kind of more of an emotional take or more of like a quick really hard-hitting reaction to the game and uh i'm not attending the pressers tonight so if any interesting quotes come out of that we'll just kind of take them off the cuff as they come in through that, the podcast so joining me tonight is matt wiltsey matt how you doing hey Keon, doing well yeah and like you said gonna be a little bit more of a a quick hitter um uh, we don't Unfortunately, we do not have Om Arvin here with us today, so no tactical monologues, but I'm sure we'll make it through. Well, this was kind of a rare fun game. Is that accurate? 4-1? I mean, the scoreline was certainly fun. The goals in a vacuum were pretty fun to watch. I don't know if the whole game was necessarily fun. It's funny, I was talking to my dad before this game, and uh, he was kind of like, I'm not. I'm not really that excited to watch this. Like, I, I don't know if I've really been excited to watch Real Madrid, a Real Madrid game for a long time. I mean, I watch it, and I was like, Dad, I feel the same way. Except the difference is, it's for me, it's actually kind of like homework because I actually have to cover the game and talk about it. Yeah. Um. So I had to get myself hyped for this, and 
it wasn't so bad. It was a decent attacking performance. The XG was respectable. Four goals is pretty nice. You got a nice bounce back game from Eden Hazard. Strong performance from Karim Benzema. Uh, some amazing passes from Luka Modric and Tony Cruz, which we'll get to all of that. Um, against a decent opposition who has been riding this two-game um, surge. And, I mean, maybe that's generous. They actually lost against Sevilla, but they played well. Um, under a new look, Abelardo's side, I just thought they may have been a little bit rejuvenated. And they weren't that bad, but they just had really bad sequences, I thought, which pretty much undid them. So what was your uh, initial reaction to... Well, let's start with the starting lineup, right? I mean, there wasn't much wiggle room given that Odegaard's gone, Fetty's injured. The lineup kind of picked itself in a way, right? Yeah, and I, before I touch on the lineup, I do kind of want to build off um, some of the items you just said there. And I, for me, and I don't know if this is like a hot take, but I think this game was more um, Alaves setting up poorly and just I, I have no idea what Alvarado was thinking rather than Real Madrid playing exceptionally well. I mean, I think I think we had some great individual performances and whenever Cruz and Modric are on as well as Benzema, then you're always you always have a chance to play really well. Um, but I think how this Alaves team set up was just a disaster. And I think that's what made us play so well and gave gave guys like Cruz and Modric so much time. Um so I don't know. I don't know if that's a hot take, but um, that's kind of where my head's at. I think it's more Alaves than it was Real Madrid being so good. If that's a hot take, it shouldn't be a hot take. I guess it really depends on how you were looking at this game and what your interpretation was it uh, of it was. Um, so in, in my head, I was disappointed with Alaves. Ultimately happy because I'm a Real Madrid fan. But I think if I'm watching this game as a neutral or as an Alaves fan or just a football fan in general, I'm disappointed what with Alaves and, and kind of how they lined up. Um, it's interesting because I'm not sure if it was an entire deviation from Abelardo's plan because it was weird because they actually defended well for large stretches, right? I mean, going into this game, what I had envisioned, and this goes back to also chatting with Jose before the game, that they'd go to a deep 4-4-2 block, not dissimilar mm-hmm. to the one they showed um, at the Bernabeu, or at the Asadi Alfredo Di Stefano, albeit new manager, but same same style and same identity. They didn't really go that route. And they had stretches where they were defending well. Uh, I thought their shape was pretty good in for, for several sequences to start. And I think, you know, you could see like kind of what they were doing. They were in a 4-4-2 block, and anytime the ball would come over to the wing, the winger on that side would, would press high, sometimes form a 4-3-3. And their shape was pretty good. You know, they, they forced Real Madrid to kind of swing it around a bit. But then they also did this weird thing on occasion where they started to do this press that was very vulnerable and their high line came into, um, just came up the field. And it was very exploitable. And Real Madrid exploited it several times, not in, least including the goals. But I think it was weird because they were, they seemed to have got it right on the surface, but there were key moments where for some reason they deviated from that. And I think that's what undid them. Mm-hmm. And I think, like you mentioned, I mean, they defended well. Like the first five minutes or so, Real Madrid couldn't get anything going. We we laugh at Casemiro's classic giveaway 40 seconds in. Um, and recovery like, like three yeah. seconds after. Yeah, but Alaves were, Alaves were pressing well during that and actually kind of forcing some of those mistakes. But um, 
in the end, I think their lines got stretched. And so there was a lot of space in between their midfield and their defense. And that's, I mean, they gave Tony Cruz and Luka Modric way too much time. Like on those, all those incredible passes that Luka Modric played, he was, he had time to take a touch, pick his head up and find, and find the pass, find the run. And the second thing is, I mean, Benzema was on the receiving end of two of those passes and definitely should have scored one of them. But in a game where we were were playing uh, like Cadi, Elche, Osasuna, all these other deep blocks, Benzema, Benzema doesn't have the opportunity to even make that run because the defense is sitting so deep that he can't even make a run um, off the back line into the box because there's no space. And so that's that's kind of where I'm like, Alaves, you're, you're handing it to us right now with the way your back line is playing and the way your lines are stretched out. I mean, it's it's too easy for these guys. If you're going to play like that, they'll pick you apart. And that's 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 what Real Madrid, that that's what this team, this Zidane team is good at. Like, if you're going to try and play us and if you're going to have, um, like, stretch out lines like we said and try and press us and try and go at us a little bit more than usual team then that I, I i prefer that because this team can pick you apart especially when the all the tech technically proficient players has our benzema modric cruz when they're on then yeah i mean it's it's almost impossible to beat that well even kind of when the when it was a set piece and we're not talking about open play but um <laughs> what lejeune the way he was defending casemiro was brutal like it was just yeah he completely almost like just kind of melted and collapsed in half and just let Casemiro just leap over him. Uh, we we kind of had a version of that with Militao, but it wasn't wasn't as bad as that sequence. So let's talk about... Uh, so the first few minutes of this podcast has been very much let's take credit away from Real Madrid, which I don't think was the point. But, uh, you know, we got good individual performances and a nice game from Hazard and Benzema and nice passing games from Modric and Cruz, as we mentioned at the top. I think that was all encouraging. Um, so what? How did you see that kind of first half unfold? Um, maybe from a Real Madrid perspective, were were there good things you wanted to take away from that? Maybe opening fifteen twenty minutes or so. Yeah, I mean, I think we were all impressed with Luka Modric, especially in the first half. Um, we we talked about those three incredible passes, two of them with the outside of the boot, um, and just yes, yes, I said Alaves gave. Uh, Modric too much time and gave Benzema too much space but just the fact on that one pass where it was over the top uh, into the box to Benzema and he was basically through 1v1 with the goalkeeper but uh, tapped it to him but just the fact that those two were so in sync and Benzema timed his run perfectly and Modric played that ball perfectly I mean it was it was a thing of beauty Um, and so I think he was Luca was a was a major standout um, Hazard, I felt like, kind of had an up-and-down game. I felt like in the opening minutes, maybe, he was still trying to find his way into the match. You saw him go central quite a bit, um, and Asensio would roam both on the right and over to the left. Um, and so we kind of saw them try to do that 4-4-2 thing again where Hazard and Benzema were the two central options. Um, but I felt like he wasn't having much success there, so we reverted back. Um, but towards the end of the half, I thought that's when that's when we were starting to see the real hazard. Obviously, the flick finally came off. He had a couple flicks throughout the half, and um, that flick to Benzema, where again Benzema's finish was just incredible. Um, but that's like those are the type of things that do beat um, a low block. If you can pull those off efficiently and effectively, I think 
the problem with Hazard's minimal time at Real Madrid is those haven't come off as as often as we would like. But those little dinks, those little flicks, they they can make a difference against the low block. Um, and so I thought he was a plus, especially for him to get that goal right at the end of the half, which was it. It was a good finish. Like it, that was not an easy finish. And so to get that goal at the end of the half, I think that was a major positive. It'll be a big confidence booster for him to get a goal and assist. Well, I also thought that he actually, despite having more touches on the left side, I actually liked when he went over to the right side more. And it's not always we say that about Hazard because, you know, historically speaking, he does most of his damage from the left and cutting in from that side and dribbling down the flank. But, you know, he has his moments. He's had his moments from that side with Chelsea. And I kind of like the interchangeability with him and Asensio. Um, I don't mind Asensio on the left as much as others do, but I will I, I will concede to the fact that he is better on the right. But, you know, if you, if you pick your spots and you can kind of be interchangeable with your touches and keep it fluid and keep the defense guessing, I think that, that counts for something. And I think Mordic, when he over, or Hazard, when he went to the right side, he had a couple nice sequences from that side. Um, really his first, um, t- the first time he actually kind of broke free into a dangerous area was on the right side in the 28th minute, uh, where he had, where he cuts in and shoots it with his left foot and it goes just wide. Look, I, I think up and down for Hazard is, is about right. I think the reason that why he will be remembered of, as having a good game in this game is because, well, he scored and he had an assist. Did that count as an assist? Because I wasn't sure if it was a dummy or he actually connected. I guess it was. Yeah, it was an assist. I think he touched it. Yeah, yeah. who scored says it's an assist. So um, so with that one, again, like he doesn't need to be a perfect passer throughout the game. And, and mostly attacking midfielders who do their damage in the final third. They don't need to have perfect passing games. And look, Hazard's passing in this game was far from perfect. But um, key moments that we we need individual brilliance, and that's one thing we've been saying, right? Like this is the one thing. We've had a repetitive conversation for the last couple years, and it's been, um, well, how do we break down low blocks? And one of the solutions is, and again, one of the solutions is, well, you need line breakers, you need good dribblers, you need efficient dribblers, you need people to create space when it doesn't exist. You need good movement in the half spaces. You need someone who can break lines with their dribbling and be incisive. And But just just also Hazard doing those things can open the defense up. So I, I, I did like his fluidity and his kind of interchangeability with Asensio, who did not have as good a game as is Eden Hazard. Um mm-hmm. So we we can get to that, but I think Hazard Hazard's performance that sums up about right up and down key moments, not visible throughout the entire game, but visible in key moments, um, which is fine. I mean, in a four one victory, that's that's all that's all you really need, right? Yeah, and I think we've both been vocal about this. Keon is if Hazard can get going, if he can finally stay fit and really find his form. He can, he truly can revolutionize this attack, and he can be the difference maker in the final third and in against deep blocks, and really be an elite chance creator for us. And so, I, I mean, that's that's something that if Zidane's, I, I truly don't know if Zidane, at least for the remaining six months of the season, is going to figure out um, some type of attacking pattern or positional play that will will be able to break down some of these low blocks. And so I think if we can unlock Hazard and we can really get him flowing and really get him into his best run of form, that's something that Zidane can can then rely on. And that's, I mean, that's kind of been Zidane's thing in the final third is 
let those individual attacking pieces work their magic. We'll see, Matt. We'll see. Count me skeptical. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I would love to see this be the the start of a new run of form, and and actually, I think it will be. This is kind of the way Real Madrid's seesaw of a season goes. It just goes yeah. back and forth, and the ebbs and flows, and the valleys and the peaks. It usually is is disaster followed by a little bit of a streak, followed by disaster, and, and it kind of repeats a cycle. So I think there will be there will be uh there will be some tumultuous moments to come. I'm sure, but um. This wasn't bad, and again, we we mentioned at the top. I think Alavez could have done a much better job. Much better job. Um, did you have any any comments about kind of the positioning of the players, Casemiro's role, Modric and Cruz? Again, we talked about, but like more of the schematic sense. So I thought, um, and maybe I don't want to jump too far ahead because I noticed this more in the second half with Casemiro. I thought his defensive positioning was just spot on. Um, I noticed this more in the second half, but like he was playing kind of that when he needed to drop into the center back role, he did it perfectly. Um, he was sitting just above the the back line, uh, really close, tight, tight to the both Militao and Varane. And I think that aided both of them and helped them kind of be more solid and feel comfortable if they had to step out and be aggressive. And so I thought Casemiro did it, did a really good job there in the first half. I, I didn't notice it quite as much, but m- maybe I wasn't um, looking for it. So I, I can't speak to it as well in the first half. Um, I thought Lucas Vasquez, who overall had, had a good game. I mean, Alavez didn't put him in any difficult uh, defensive situations where he had to make kind of tough, tough decisions. So on the attacking side, though, I thought he was a constant outlet. Um, when we switched to that four four two shape, he was the guy on the right flank. Um, and I think he, I mean, he, he battled hard. There, there was, even when Borja Sanz came in in the second half, who I thought was a, a good immediate impact player for Alaves, he still pretty much shut him down. And that player, I mean, there was one sequence where Alaves just overall got really physical. And he, like, I don't know if you saw that replay where he, like, grabbed Lucas behind on by the neck. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, but he dealt with all that. And I thought he was... Um, I thought he was a standout. I mean, you look at Mendy on the opposite side, and Mendy, I'm still like, I thought he was fine. I, I didn't. I just, I think like you, you think back to that pass where Modric played him through. He, he, why? It just, it seemed forced. It seemed like you knew he was going to pass it because he didn't have the confidence to shoot, and the pass wasn't really on. And I feel like it hasn't been talked about, but Mendy hasn't I don't think Mendy's been as good as his first season and I think Mendy overall the bar some uh big games like against Barcelona um I think he's been kind of poor this season and I, I don't know if that's an unfair criticism but I, I think he hasn't been what we saw last season at least so I think with him it's no he hasn't been as good offensively anyway I actually defensively he's been fine right I offensively yeah. is where he at least contributed last season. Um, and again, like we always, at least I, I used, I wrote about this a lot. I, I've written about it this season too, but this season is more, more of a negative light, I guess. And, and last season, more of a positive light in that his offense, it's not as, it's not as um, fluid and smooth as someone like Marcelo. I mean, that's obvious, but even an average attacking fullback, it's more clunky and, um, I guess kind of like just it kind of shifts into different 
gears, but it's it's not like it it's not like a smooth thing. But he used to get to his spots offensively, despite it not looking pretty, right? Um, one, it's because literally nobody can can push him off the ball, so he can just bulldoze people like a bowling ball and get some decent crosses in and in a decent like um, below decent shooting threat, but a threat. And um, he scored before, like in, in that goal scoring position he was in. I feel like last season he would have done better in that situation. I don't know if it's confidence or momentum or what it is, um, but certainly I think, like from an offensive perspective, he looked a little bit better last year. Um, the numbers actually back that up, by the way. I have I haven't sorted through all of them, but um, his expected assists, his key passes, passes into the final third, passes into the penalty area, probably his dribbling to um, his shot. His shot creating actions, his goal creating actions, um, yeah, and his dribbling too. All were at a higher clip last season. So, so this season, I think he's been fine defensively, offensive. I think he's he's a, he has some ways to go. Um, I also thought, like, so you mentioned the forced passes. I also thought there were even a couple passes where it, they met their target, but they put their the the outlet under some pressure. Where like, so there was one where he had a simple pass back to Cruz. But he forced it to Hazard, and it got to Hazard, but Hazard had to, like, control it. He had to shield it from a couple defenders. He had to get out of a tight space. And I think he just put him under the pressure. Under pressure. So those things I think he needs to improve on for sure. And, and actually, offensively, I think he's had a bit of a regression. What would you have done on that sequence where Modric puts him through brilliantly? One of, like, one of the, like, three, four amazing Modric passes in this game. He finds Mendy, and Mendy has a chance to square it to Benzema. What would you have done in that situation? You are a left I think back. I would have gone for the shut uh, right back, right back. Oh, same um, thing. Yeah, same thing. I would have gone for the shot, I think, but I would have. I don't think there was anyone trailing behind him, right? There was. There wasn't like anyone at the top of the box. I don't. I can't. I'd remember. have to look at it again. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't seem like there was any glaring, like anyone at the top of the box clearing for a pass. So I think that was really the defender opted not to go to Mendy instead to go to Benzema because he knew that Mendy was going to pass it. And the goalkeeper, he did close down the angle a little bit. So um, I think in that situation, I mean, he's got to, he's got to go for it. He's got to shoot it. I, so in my, my mind, that's a, it's a left foot near post low curler. So I think it's a left foot, but you drill it to with your laces, kind of driven yeah. into the bottom corner of the opposite of the opposite. Uh, okay, the, is that Zidane versus uh, Juve two thousand three style? The yeah. last second goal he scored against Buffon. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that that's but one of those two options. I I kind of I don't I don't mind the pass, but. Uh, because you know, if he gets that right, that's an easy tap in for Benz. But it was a little bit harder to pull off. Um, what did you think of the opposite flank where Lucas Vasquez was? What did you think of Lucas Vasquez's performance? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought he was really good. Um, I thought he was probably one of our better players on the night. Um, I think he. I was. I was actually thinking about myself early on in the game. Would it have been better to have flipped Varane and Militao? And to just have a little bit more experience between Veron and Vasquez and then Militao and Mendy. Um, just because I, I remember historically with Militao and I think of the Shakhtar Donetsk game, 
and Vasquez playing there um, together. They sometimes both commit and then leave a huge gaping hole behind them. And so uh, I was a little weary of that, but it worked out. I mean, I, and I thought Millie Tao actually played pretty well. I mean, I don't, I don't think he was really challenged that often in the one, I mean, the one black mark on his game obviously is uh, Jose Lu. Not only he gave away the foul, the free kick, but then Jose Lu towers over him and scores. Right. So that was, that was the one disappointing thing from a Millie Tao perspective. But otherwise from that, I thought he was, pretty pretty good wasn't really challenged but he looked good on the ball stepped up when he needed to he was pretty aggressive um and i, I think you saw that against alcoyano as well same game wasn't challenged much didn't was put in many difficult situations what he had to do i thought he barely well well with militao i think like he overall i thought he had an okay game right i mean the the goal is the one stain as you mentioned um, there were a couple times where he looked unsure of himself clearing the ball um, and just kind of looked a little bit like he w- just wasn't sure. Like there was one where Courtois is coming out and like Courtois should claim that, but if he's not, I think Militao just was unsure if that was going to happen or not. There was like some miscommunication and it ended up being a bit of a misclearance. Um, I also thought there were a couple instances where Jose Lu gets in behind Lucas Vasquez and Militao covers him well. Um he was also like this, and this part of the game is where we really wanted him to improve with the ball at his feet. He was actually pretty helpful escaping a press a couple times, like just knowing where to move, where to pass, like pass and move sequence to the right, cut inside, show again as an outlet, and then get the ball with a vertical pass. Like he's he was good at that today. Um, so I thought it was it was an encouraging overall performance, but not a perfect one. And, the, and the, again, the goal conceded was a little bit of a stain on his uh, his performance. Um, did you feel like there was a shift at halftime at all? Because I know Alaves, they made um, they made uh, a couple subs at halftime. They brought in Lucas Perez and Manu Garcia for Bataglia and Luis Rioja. Rioja, I thought, in the first half was marked pretty well by Lucas Vasquez. Lucas Perez obviously brings something different, and you know we all thought he was going to start. Did you feel like that gave Alaves a little bit of a lift? I did, and it felt like they changed their shapes. Like they almost had like three out and out strikers at one point, um, kind of playing along our back line. So they they went for it, and I think they um, you saw you saw them up the intensity and up up the physicality uh, really in the second half. I mean, there were so many stop and starts moments for the first ten minutes because they fouling us. Um, I remember Asensio going down, Hazard going down. I mean, everyone, you name it, Lucas Vazquez. So that slowed the game down and it kind of played into Alaves's hands because they stopped our transitions. They stopped us getting going. Um, it gave them an opportunity if, if their line was high to drop off and get their shape. So I think that was an astute move from Alvarado and just being smart and playing the game the right way. I mean, in terms of beating Real Madrid. But Eventually, I mean, the goal, I thought, okay, this could be a turning point. Uh, Jose Le scores. Maybe, maybe Alaves can get back in this because we haven't been great to start the second half. But um, a little bit of brilliance from Karim Benzema uh, and Luka Modric, who I thought up to that point had been really quiet in the second half. He he plays that beautiful uh, dinked pass to Benzema, again, over the top of a high line. Um, and so... That that was kind of Alvarado and Alaves's 
demise in this game. I mean, yeah. they, they, yeah, the demise, they couldn't handle it. And so, um, Benzema, I mean, unbelievable finish. He was just on fire today. Neither of, I mean, neither of his goals would be high XG opportunities. They were just incredible finishes. And so that settled the game really. I mean, Alvarez knew after that, that they couldn't, they couldn't get back in it. Well, the, uh, Benzema's goal in the second half, the way he carried himself was really impressive to me because the way he picked up the ball immediately, he just looked very confident, very decisive. He didn't hesitate. He knew where he was going. He little little shoulder drop to the left, cut into the right, just blasted. It was very like very much like a video game sequence where you just everything just worked. You clicked, you press some buttons, and you score at the at the at the far post. I thought it was a great great sequence of. And you know, obviously, his first goal goes without saying. That was that was awesome. The, everything about it was awesome. The shot, the touch uh, beforehand, and um, uh, you know, the the flick from Hazard. Everything. But uh, the second goal really impressed me because he just seemed very decisive and and not hesitant and knew exactly where he was going and he just got to his spot. And that was that was will to me. That was that was just he was in the right mental headspace and he was confident to to get that job done. The other thing I want to say about Alaves and the halftime subs is that, you know, again, I'm surprised Lucas Perez didn't start this game, but he was infinitely more involved and impactful than Luis yeah. Rioja in, was in the first half. He had a bunch more touches. He actually created stuff. He had three key passes in that second half and gave Lucas Vasquez a little bit something to, to think about. And actually, again, Vasquez, I thought, did pretty well defensively. Offensively, maybe it's a different question. There were a couple moments where... He could have done better, but defensively, I don't. I didn't have any issues with him. So Lucas Perez, and look, they, that gave them a jolt because, like, the for the first, well, you kind of mentioned until Real Madrid scored, right? So, um, they they were they were getting some shots off, and you know what was a surprising stat in this game is that uh, I believe they actually outshot us. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So I have to look. I don't remember what the number. 15 to 10. 15 to 10. 15 to 10. And so, yeah, I mean, our our XG was 1.42 to their 0.76. So, um, obviously, I mean, our, our finishing was just elite in this game. We we mentioned it. But Alaves did, did have their opportunities. I mean, you think back to um, right before that Benzema chance in the first half and around the, like, 13th minute when Modric played him through with the outside of the boot, right before that, they had a great chance um, at the top of the box with, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Martin Aguirre Cabiria. Uh, sure. A nice back name. <laughs> and uh, But if you remember that, like, it was in the 12th minute, and he was free in the box and had a great volley. Like, nobody was marking him. And I went back, actually, before we did the pod to watch that moment. And um, both Cruz and Hazard were just ball watching like they just let him drift into the box without tracking him at all uh no communication and if i mean if it was a better player if this is a champions league match against a top team that that could be in the back of the net um so they they were able to to muster opportunities like that and um even on set pieces they're always going to be dangerous i mean there's uh victor laguardia and jose lu those are two two big boys that are going to get on the end of set pieces so I think like what kind of like just dissect the numbers even further. Alaves had a high volume of shots in the box, higher a higher clip than Real Madrid. Real Madrid just had bigger chances. So, because outside of their their four goals, they also had the 
the two Benzema chances inside the box that basically like followed each other, right? Um, which I actually I thought had they, it was offside initially, but I, I guess it wasn't because that was part of the one of the the three or four Modric genius through balls was uh, one of them led to a double double Benzema chance in the exact same sequence, so that kind of skewed the XG a little bit in our favor. Because one of them was 0.38, the other one was 0.31. And so that inflated our XG a little bit because that was two chances in one. Militao also had a chance from a cruise corner. Um, so I think that's... Yeah, the thing is, like, uh, there was a little surge from Alaves, but I didn't really ever feel threatened. And that's why that kind of when I saw that they had 15 shots to our 10, it, it surprised me a little bit. Did it surprise you at all? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, I mean, looking back at the game, I didn't, I didn't remember that. But, like... If I'm looking now on understat as well, and in terms of deep progressions, they had the same as a seven, and so I think that mm-hmm. again goes back to this uh, theme in this game where Alaves tried tried to play and they tried to tried to take on Real Madrid. They didn't sit deep. They didn't try to uh, just lock it in and counter. I mean, that's and that's not that is the game plan that you should go with against Real Madrid, and they were able to. They tried to go. Man, man for man for us tried to attack tried to have kind of the same um same game plan as we did and when it comes to that our quality is just going to be so superior i mean i think again i I don't know if we've touched on tony cruz very much but he had two assists tonight as well he only had one assist before this which was hard to believe but two assists in this game um this the second i mean or sorry the first where he played um hazard through over the top was just incredible. Yeah. Um, perfect. Perfectly timed. Plus the and way he won he, the ball. Thought, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I thought he um, he pressed really well in this game and yeah. won the ball high up the pitch, and that created opportunities for us. He had another one where he won the ball high up the pitch on a similar, like, really impressive uh, pressing sequence in the 52nd minute, but he just made the wrong pass. I think he got kind of – he, like, just short-circuited his, his – his brain because there was like too many options to choose from. I think he just chose the wrong one and it got intercepted, but he also had four key passes, 14 or 15 long balls in this game. I mean, I mean, that's not even uncommon for Cruz, but it's still just to see it over and over again. That consistency is amazing. Um, Modric seven for seven. So those two combined for a bunch of accurate long balls, Varane six for six, which is a good sign. We don't see that too often from him. Um, the, I wanted to talk to you about Real Madrid subs too. We're running out of time here, but maybe we'll leave Vinicius for last. The biggest winner in Odegaard going to Arsenal plus Fede Valverde uh, being injured is Isco, who didn't start this game. Came on and played 14 minutes. Did you have any notes on him? No, no. The only sub I did have notes on was uh, Vinicius. Yeah. Came on. Um, for Eden around the hour mark. And it was actually, uh, I pulled up Ewan, had the post-game quotes. and uh, But Tony did actually give a somewhat tactical answer when asked about Eden Hazard. I he saw said, that. I was surprised. I was yeah, like, oh, does yeah. does he then know about this? Get him <laughs> yeah. on. The, is he going to call in the press conference? Like, enough. Don't say that. No yeah. tactics. Well, the Batoni means were just uh, spot on this game. There were so many uh on Twitter throughout the match. I mean, it was unbelievable. And I felt like the uh, the broadcast, I don't know if I was on the BN feed, and they kept cutting to Patoni like over and over and over again and like just making sure everybody knows it's not Zidane. It's not Zidane. 
um, <laughs> my my favorite but, part uh, was that people were starting to talk about like, oh, what? Because at one point, <laughs> Phil asked Ray, "So, what do you think Batoni did today that oh, yeah, Zidane yeah, couldn't do?" Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, why are we acting like this is a completely revolution, <laughs> like new blueprint? It's just Zidane's tactics. Yeah. And it's not like Zidane was like suspended and he couldn't uh, communicate with them or anything. Like Zidane yeah. was calling all the shots still. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? Oh, Vinicius. I thought, and yeah, so Batoni said that he brought on Vinicius to add some more verticality. And I thought that Vinicius, like, played that role to perfection because he literally just waited every time Alaves attacked he literally just waited outside the box was that option received the ball and then just went right at them and and drew a, a lot of good fouls um thought he was really good in transition his decision making was I felt I felt like it was fine um he didn't really get too many opportunities inside the box or in the final third but he was a good ball progressor and just was able to move the team up the field with his dribbling uh, that was a, a pretty good showing for Vinny off the bench. His dribbling was good. He looked vertical. There was one, there was a, a sequence where he and Benzema are both running in transition. Benzema has the ball. And it's kind of a difficult uh, spot for Benzema to be in because there isn't really any good options to pass because all the passing lanes were covered. So he kind of has to just hit it vertically down the line and hope that Vinicius can catch on. And Vinicius' pace was just incredible. He just catches up to that overhead Benzema through ball. So a good sign for Vinicius after a disastrous Copa del Rey showing that uh, was a bad look. So, um, okay, so what... Were you surprised mm -hmm. with the uh, Zola sub? Yeah, I guess. A little bit. I was. I mean, when when have we ever seen Zola get subbed in? But, I, I mean, I was fine with it. I think it was... I guess maybe Zidane's heard the criticism and is like, all right, fine, I'll give these guys a little a little playing time. Yeah. So he came, I mean, he came on for Modric and uh and then Vasquez shifts up, right? Um Asensio, yeah. Asensio, okay. Yeah, was that oh that was part of the double sub. So Odrizola and Isco yeah. in for Asensio and Modric, yeah. So um Yeah, I maybe it's because the bench was a little bit thin tonight. Although I yeah, guess you could, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's nice to see. You look, if, if not to see uh, a Blanco, I was a little disappointed. I thought, come on, you're four one up. Maybe give him a little run out, give him his debut. Yeah, generally speaking, when we're up big, I want to see. <laughs> maybe it's because I'm an NBA junkie. I just love when it's like a blowout and like you just like empty the bench. You bring on all the players yeah. who never get to play and just give them a little little cameo. Um, so yeah, sure. I. I suppose I am. I never thought about it, to be honest. But uh, now that you bring it up, sure. And now it upsets me. Now I'm angry. He should have played. <laughs> uh, okay. So anything uh, Anything that's pressing that we missed? No, I think we I think we got most of this game. I mean, I guess my question for you, Keon, is like, what What do we expect moving forward? Are we just going to... I'm, ex I'm expecting just we're going to play the same lineup every single weekend and just roll with it i don't think there's going to be any rotations i think it's going to be this old core and we're just going to ride them to the end <laughs> um maybe i i think i think if there's one guy who might work his way into this picture it might be isco but other than that i don't see a huge like paradigm shift where it's like oh this has been a massive like you know 
a few months ago, we could have said our hot take would have been maybe Jovic and Odegaard just play their way into the team. Hmm. We don't have that. I mean, the squad is just, it just thinned out in the last couple of weeks. So there's only so much we can say. I, I think if there's anything that might happen is Isco just basically works his way in. Because if there's, that's the only person you can kind of rotate into the midfield right now. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the only thing I can, I can, I can think of. Again, the schedule is like decently light. I mean, this, the games are spread out nicely over the next little bit, so I don't think uh, you're going to have a, a huge amount of rotation anyway. Yeah. Um, we have so we should just mention Tuesday's Lone Tracker is already insane because we have, and it's only Saturday, and I haven't looked at the schedule yet tomorrow, but I have to go. The next couple of days are going to be really busy for me, so I'm going to be busy catching up on my Ralph scored two goals, Jovic scored a goal. Um, I still haven't watched Kubo's game from Thursday. I think it was. Yeah. Um, that's just off the top of my head. So I also like I have to watch Atalanta and Milan because Atalanta is our opponent, and Brahim Diaz played in that game. So there's a lot. Um, did you did you get concerned watching Atalanta that good? Because I've everything I've read was like Milan got dominated. Oh, oh, they did. Yeah. I mean, Atalanta were far the better team. I think. Uh, I know you've been singing his praises, but I haven't seen enough of him to to actually uh, make an opinion. But even just this Illicit? one game, Illicit, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. unbelievable. He's he's unbelievable. If you stop him, though, I feel like you stop Atalanta. Like he's everything to them. Yeah, the one uh, the, I watched the game before this one, and Illicit wasn't starting, and they were just nothing. They weren't doing anything offensively, and then he came on the game, and then things started to happen. But yeah. If you take him out of the game and and you can because they just try to go through him on basically every possession. Yeah, um, yeah they do. So uh, it's yeah, but he's he's really impressive. Um, okay, let's so oh, if you want access to the loan tracker, patreon.com slash managing Madrid. If you if you've listened to this far, you, that means you like the podcast. So if you like this podcast and you like us, please join us. We'll give you more content. And uh, the Patreon family is really fun to be a part of. We we do occasional live podcasts. We've done a few this season. We want to keep doing more. And uh, those are on Zoom and they're pretty interactive. So you get access to at least two bonus shows a week, but usually even three bonus shows. So that's over on patreon.com slash managing Madrid. The minimum pledge is only $3 per month and you get access to everything in the entire vault. So go over there. Uh, Matt, let's give out some shout outs to our $10 plus patrons. As follows, um, Brennan Alvarez, Phoenix, GWolf94, SA Davisito, Willie Reed, Way Pairing, Tyler Simon, Tyler Dixon, Tobias Arroyo Botcher, Tahmid Kalam, Sujai Wani, uh, Rovi Tariev, Somanchu Singh, Shabal Sharapov, Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorsano, Said Mahat, Sad Omar, Raul Gutierrez, Ragab Potluri, Oscar Barrera, Nick Ribeiro, Nick Lar, Muxi Thangal, Mowgli, Michael Zinberg, Marin Myrtle, Martin Ridman, Magnus Lext, MJ Diego, Michael Cruchon, Leon Savernakis, Kunal Tilakar, Kevin Rivera, Karen Scherer, John Fernandez, Jeff Thurston, Jason Fitz, Graham Gerard, Gary Colhut, Frederick Grantakiro, Frederick Sundros, Faisal Hamdan, Eric Rogers, Eloy Enriquez, Daniel Williams, Christian Toff, Christian Gonzalez, Christian Acosta, Charles Williams, Brennan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Austin Fury Erdman, Ashik Bashar, Anthony Lombardi, Annie Rutsing, Alexis Saniceros, Adam Dorsey, Al, Garun, Fabian Moreno, and Philip Heron. Thank you guys so much. Matt, we'll be back Tuesday for a very fun Lone Tracker episode. Thank you so much and chat soon. Take care, Matt. Thank you.
Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.